Good morning, Mark Moramai. Everywhere you go, people bowing low, carriages to take you everywhere. Beth Espy, can you recognise those words? Do you know where they're from? Remind me. They're from a song by White Plains called When You Are a King. Uh, and it was released some time ago, so probably I remember it if you don't. But I wonder, what's our image of a king these days? Do we imagine them being weighted on hand and foot and, and all the riches that they could possibly desire? What? It's interesting, isn't it? I think that has evolved over the years. It's certainly very different, and we've seen things play out very differently in the past week. Social media has changed the landscape as far as the monarchy is concerned, and I think that's fair to say, isn't it? But yeah, what is the image of the king? What do you think? At the moment, it depends on what Charles actually um, wants to do with his monarchy. I mean, we've seen him rushing around the country. He's obviously, he was in Scotland to start off with, and then he went to Northern Ireland, then he went to, he's in Wales this morning in Cardiff, from Llandaff Cathedral. Um, and he is obviously trying to make his presence felt all over the kingdom and make himself say to the people, I am the king of everyone. I, I want everybody to equate with me, to be familiar with me. But, of course, he has such a difficult job to do because his mother was ubiquitous. Everybody knew his mum, 70 years. She was part of their lives, etc. And so uh, it, it's a difficult job for him to do and to actually make himself King Charles so familiar because we're all at the moment saying uh, the Queen, aren't we? Um, we'd say it automatically. It's going to take a long time before we stop saying the Queen and say the King. It's going to be something we're going to have to teach ourselves, tutor ourselves. It's interesting, isn't it, when you think about things like the National Anthem, and it just, it sounds peculiar at the moment when we say it. But, Do you think uh, we will have to practice it? Do you think we will have to get together we? and actually have a few practice sessions? I think we will, but what a glorious day down here. Shall we paint a picture? Let's do that. Let, you, you paint a picture, because my notes, I've become separated from my notes, so I'll just go and collect them. Can you come over here? I've only got a very short wire, so I'm stuck over I'm here. I'm going to bring your notes to you. Thank you very much. A... Oh, here they are. How, how reassured I feel when my notes appear. There they are. Uh, but let's have a look at the picture we have here. Uh, it's very much like Timbal Day. We've even got everybody lined up alongside the processional way at the moment. Nothing, no reeds on the way. But they are waiting for the arrival of His Excellency. A lot of the action, if I can put it that way, will take place down at the Lich Gate when His Excellency arrives and goes into the chapel, into the Roman room, into the chapel, etc. So these people will be here for quite a while, I think, until we see the procession going up to the hill, going up to the hill to our right, which is decked out as it is on Timbal Day with the, the canvas canopy. Uh, we've got a, a breeze today, which is delightful, a northerly wind, northwesterly, which means that the flags, when they do flap out, are going in the direction of Cronknerilay. Uh, not Cronknerilay, what am I talking about? What's Slewallian. the one? Slewallian. Slewallian over there, isn't it? That's why I'm here, John. Thank you, to reassure me, to help me. Yeah. Interestingly, the, the flags were raised to full mast a short time ago because as with the first proclamation at Government House on Sunday, this is a joyous occasion. We're learning a lot as this process goes on, aren't we? Things happen. We're learning a lot about what's going to, going to happen next, etc. And as you say, yes, the flag's right to the top of the, the flag posts. And we've got the, a blend of the Manx flags and the Tinwald flags for this particular occasion. No, no military here today. Uh, we're used to that, obviously. 
I, I must admit, the, um, uh, the fire brigade turned up. They've got wonderful white helmets. And when I saw them in the distance, I thought, the Marines are here. Why are the Marines here? So I went and had a chat. And of course, it was the, uh, the fire brigade in their, in their very splendid uniforms. And in front of us here, we've got a whole variety of people, including a chap in a Manx kilt there. Where's he from? Do we know? What's he, who's he representing? Couldn't we? <laughs> he's from Scotland? Do you think he might be from Scotland? <laughs> but he's got the Manx kilt on, so he doesn't necessarily mean he's from Scotland. But looking from right to left, yes, about half the um, processional way is filled with people with their standards standing on either side or standing to attention. Uh, looking down towards the chapel of St John's. People filing in down there, I can see. One thing about having it at this time of year, Beth, is that the sun is in your eyes looking down there, because, of course, when we do it on Timbal Day, it's higher in the sky, and then we don't have that problem. But today, I think if it comes out, it's behind a cloud at the moment. It's a very different feel, isn't it? We should say, if you go to the Manx Radio website, you'll be able to see a video of the proceedings here today. We're also on Facebook and YouTube as well. And we were wondering how many people, John, we were going to see here today. We know it's a working day. We know most children at school, although some of the scouts are here, which must be a tremendous thing at a young age to be involved in. This is a piece of history today. I hope beforehand their teachers and their parents will have told them why they're here. Uh, What's the significance of this occasion? I've been talking to one or two people uh, over there. Uh, Alex, who's directly opposite, but he's behind... Uh, one of the standard bearers in his blue jacket. He always comes to Timwald, and so he said it's natural extension, really. He wanted to see this happen. He thought it was important. Along there, a lady from South Africa has only been over for about eight months, I understand. Uh, but she's enjoying this, standing in the sunshine, watching what's going on. And interestingly, over there, uh, Paul and Samantha, who are from South Wales, where, of course, the king is at the moment, down in Cardiff. Uh, he's at a service at Clandaff. Cathedral. Did I say that right? I think you did. Clan, that was beautiful. Clan, do you know, I'm going to wander over actually, John, and uh, let's. I feel lost already without you, Beth. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Jonathan Dimbleby can rest easy. So I must just struggle on by myself, I suppose, and tell you what's going on around here. As far as, far as the King's position is concerned, the role of Charles, Philip, Arthur, George, the role he's taken on will be difficult. It may even in time prove impossible. He has, of course, a hard act to follow. Let me just give you some of the words he gave during his first address as king. My life will, of course, change as I take up my new responsibilities. But I suppose we're all wondering how much change. He has already travelled to a number of parts of his kingdom. As I say, he's down in Wales at the moment. But today we celebrate his new role here, here on the island as Lord of Man. The title Lord of Man is some dispute as to its legitimacy, I have to say, and I can hear people wincing out there when I say that, because in 1765, when the, uh, the, the island was uh, sold to uh, uh, England, uh, the Lord of Man title apparently uh, went then, but since then it's been used by everyone, and we have come to accept it as the title for the Queen or King, in the island. Uh, Queen Victoria, incidentally, didn't want to be Lord of Man. She thought that was unbecoming. So she became Lady of Man. Uh, it's the only case where one of our monarchs has adopted that title as opposed to the Lord of Man title. What's going to happen today? Well, there's going to be a service in which all the clergy will take part, uh, which is only appropriate, of course, because 
King Charles will be king of all the clergy here in the island and across in the British Isles. So instead of, as we usually have it, one or two members of the clergy taking the service, we have most of the members of the clergy. I'll give you their t titles later on. Um, now, where is Beth, I wonder? She's wandered somewhere. Be Beth, wh where are you? Well, I'm in the middle of the crowd that's gathering here along the processional way, and I just wanted to chat to a couple of the people who've come down here to watch this proclamation. Good morning. Why did you feel you wanted to be here today? A bit of history, really. Something we'll probably never see again in our lifetime. So it's nice to be able to come down and watch it. Um, I just felt I wanted to be here. I was lucky enough that I'm, I can get out of work to come and do it. And it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? It seems like an awfully long time, really. A lot has happened. How are you feeling about today? Yes, no, I think it's, it's lovely to be here. I mean, I really, really am so glad that I was able to come because it is a piece of history and it's part of our heritage, part of our lives to be able to, to, to be here for this. I just think it's brilliant. And my husband's actually in the standard bearer over there. So, um, yeah, we needed to be here. Proud moment. And it's uniquely Manx, which is wonderful. How are you feeling about today? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, the occasion here and it's a chance to say our, our thanks to Her Majesty the Queen, who was a Lord of Man. I mean, say I'm 70 years of age and um, I remember having the honour of actually uh, seeing the Royal Party and I had the Queen's Guard in 1979 when the Isle of Man celebrated its millennium of Tinwald and uh, I got to see the Queen. Uh, I didn't actually meet her in person, obviously, but I had the Guard on uh, all on my coach and I got a telling off uh, because the, uh, the the sergeant major said now be very careful he says you've got, you got, 50, you got 57 you got 57 uh, soldiers on board he said if you if you drive too quickly you'll have 57 bandits through your coach <laughs> some wonderful memories thank you so much for talking to us and enjoy your morning here thank you the second it was interesting, Beth, uh, the gentleman there said he obviously didn't meet the Queen, but uh, I wonder if anyone's done a calculation of how many people the Queen did meet during her 70 years, because a lot of people around these islands have memories of actually exchanging a word or two with her. Proclamations. That's what we're here for today, a proclamation. The date from a time when we had to struggle by without television, or even in a hesitate even to mention this dreadful thought, Manx Radio, uh, to inform. Uh, in 1417, the proclamation of a new ruler, and we believe that's the first time it was proclaimed from this site, uh, would have come as news to many in the Isle of Man. Probably would have been told to turn up because something was going to happen. They turned up and found they had a new ruler. Probably wouldn't have made a great deal of difference to their lives, just as these days, I suppose. Uh, the ascension of King Charles to the throne won't make a great deal of difference to our lives. It'll make a difference to one or two things. I'm just looking at the top of Timwald Hill, uh, and there is the rather luxuriously upholstered throne that His Excellency will sit in. And, of course, it has on it ER, Elizabeth Regina. Well, that will have to change. Uh, it'll have to change to CR, and that'll be Charles Rex. Beth, where are you now? Well, I'm talking to somebody else who has made the trip down here. Why did you want to be here today? I just think this is such an historic occasion, probably something I won't ever see again in my lifetime. Um, and uh, out of respect for the, Her Majesty that's just gone and for 
the new king. It's been quite an emotional week, hasn't it? A lot to get used to in this new era. It has, and it's still hard to believe sometimes that she's actually gone. We're so used to seeing her all the time. Um, I think after Monday, it will sink in with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, uh, very, very sad. Well, thank you for talking to us and enjoy watching the proceedings this morning. Delightful lady. Uh, these days, many and varied are the means to pass on news. The late Queen, Lord of Man, famously kept her thoughts to herself, as the Guardian newspaper noted this past week in reference to Charles. No one ever knew what his mother thought about anything. The trouble is everyone knows what Charles thinks about practically everything. Is that a bad thing? Could this lead us to a new style of monarch who is part of the national conversation? Now, the Queen, we believe, kept a diary in which she noted events of each day and perhaps thoughts on those events, comments. But if such a diary does exist, we're told it won't be published for 50 years. So we'll have to wait for quite a while. Beth, let's go back to you now. Well, the crowd watching the proceedings growing now, just with another couple of people who've come down here today. Why did you want to be here? I I think I saw it coming... But there again, it was such a huge, huge shock. And I think, like many of us, being really surprised at the emotions that we've all experienced this week and watching some of the pictures on television, or we haven't got television at home, but on the laptop with YouTube, and watching the pictures in, in Edinburgh and then more recently in London, the processions, the people filing past the coffin from all over the world. And it just goes to show what respect, quite rightly, the Korean was, was held in. Uh, and it won't quite be the same now, I don't think. It really won't. And a lot of people have talked about the unity that the Queen represented, the fact that she did bring people together, and that's evident even here today for this, which I know is a joyous occasion, proclaiming uh, King Charles as Lord of Man, but she's never very far from people's thoughts at the moment. I agree with you, Beth. We don't realise just what, how much Queen Elizabeth II did for us and we just want to come here and say thank you and also to, to, to listen to our governor before the law is before King George, King Charles III is officially Lord of Man. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and enjoy your morning. Thank you. I think all of us have been impressed by the governor, Sir John Lorimer. Well, I was here on Timor Day, obviously, and it was a bit of a surprise when he broke into the Manx so well, so fluently, uh, when he was sitting on the hill. Uh, he had indicated beforehand he wanted to do that. Now, it's not normal the governors do that, because you have to learn really how to pronounce the language, and it's not an easy language to pronounce, but Sir John Lorimer did it. I understand today there will be some Manx spoken on the hill, but the proclamation itself, I understand, will be 
in English. I've been watching the film The Crown again, which I found very instructive, really, in a number of areas. The young Queen Elizabeth, at the start of her reign, seeks advice from her grandmother, Queen Mary, superbly portrayed by Eileen Atkins, on the subject of doing nothing in response to events. This was to do with the great smog of 52. Queen Mary responds, doing nothing is the hardest job of all. It will take every ounce of energy that you have. To be impartial is not natural, not human. People will always want you to smile or agree or frown. And the minute you do so, you will have declared a position, a point of view. And that is one thing as sovereign that you're not entitled to do. The less you do, the less you say or agree or smile or think, the better. I would tend to disagree with that last phrase or think. I imagine for most of her reign, the Queen did a lot of thinking. Uh, and in particular, when she was talking to her 15 Prime Ministers. Beth, let's return to you now. You know what's lovely here is that we're seeing people with picnic blankets. This is a real occasion. Uh, People with their drinks just waiting in the sunshine. That sun is absolutely glorious at the moment. And just speaking to somebody else about why you've come down here today. Um, Because we want to pay our part um, and remember our our lovely Queen and um, just to be part of this historic moment because we'll never see the like of this again. So yes, happy to be here. And we've been talking about what a week it's been. It's hard to believe it's only been a week, hasn't it? Have you been glued to those pictures you've been watching on the television? Um, Not all the time, um, but we just quite can't believe that it's happening. It's this historic moment that uh, most of us probably won't see again. Thank you so much for talking to us and enjoy your morning. Back to you, John. Yes, I have uh, left my position by the side of the recessional way and uh, I'm back inside our gazebo, which was uh, skillfully put together by our engineers. Just a point about the position uh, of the monarch. Uh, just returning to the crown, Queen Mary gives her view of monarchy as a calling from God. She says, that's why you're crowned in an abbey and not a government building. Why you are anointed, not appointed. It is an archbishop who puts a crown on your head, not a minister or public servant, which means you are answerable to God in your duty, not the public. That is the reason at the moment we're looking at the guests and the various dignitaries filing into the chapel, because this will start with a church service. That's why they're in the Royal Chapel of St. John's. Church service first, then the proclamation, and then back into the chapel for Timor Business. Watching the screen at the moment, that's the way we look inside the chapel. We see various people taking their places. The choir were the first to process from the robing room, which is just to the side of the Royal Chapel, into the chapel. His Excellency, His Excellency the Governor, is due to arrive in about five minutes' time. Now, he'll be arriving down there. He won't be arriving at the field, which is obviously where, when we get uh, a royal presence here, they come here and they arrive at the field and are met, etc. We think he'll be arriving at the Lich Gate and will make his way there to the roving room and thence into the chapel. Once he's in position at the chapel, then the church service can take place. As I said, many dignitaries from the church are here and they are all basically taking the service, if I can put it that way. The Lord Bishop is here, Peter Eagles. Uh, the, right, de- the Dean of St. Germans is here, the Vicar of the Parish of the West Coast. 
the very Reverend Nigel Godfrey, the chaplain of the House of Keys. She's not been in the position too long, the Venerable Irene Cowell. The chairman of the Methodist District, the Reverend D.R. Janet Corlett, and the Roman Catholic Dean, Monsignor John Devine. All those will in effect be conducting the service to illustrate that the King, when he's proclaimed, and he's being proclaimed here in the Isle of Man as Lord of Man, uh, will be King of all denominations, not just individual denominations or two or three, but all denominations, and that's important. It's a goodly crowd here. Uh, they can spread further than they normally do because normally the centre of the assembly field, which is where, incidentally, in years gone past in Timble, they used to have the fair until it was decided the fair was too distracting for the important business going on on the hill, so they moved it uh, behind us. No fair today, but the assembly field is open. It's a lovely green swath. It's a, a place where, amongst other things, they, they've played ancient games etc. Um, just to celebrate the Timwell Day. But today, obviously, those games aren't being played. If you want to see what we're seeing, incidentally, a video is being streamed on manxradio.com. I'll repeat that. That's one word. manxradio.com. And also Manx Radio's Facebook page. And if that wasn't enough, yeah, you can also dip into the YouTube channel as well. And you will see what we are saying here. Outside, it's a splendid day. A northerly breeze, northwesterly perhaps, a bit of northwest in it. But fluffy clouds and blue sky, lots and lots of blue sky. I think it's probably about 50% blue sky. Uh, now, I wonder where Beth is. There's a lot of people here. I can't pick her out. But Beth, Beth, tell us, where are you? Well, I'm just standing behind the wall near the Royal Chapel of St. John. And what's lovely to see here um, is there's a little one just asleep in the pram, enjoying the moment, but just taking a little bit of a break. Um, why did you feel you wanted to come down today? Well, it's very memorable. I think we have to all consider what's happened lately and, yeah, just respect what's going to happen in the future. Wonderful. Um, thank you very much indeed for talking to us. So uh, the crowd is growing, John, and uh, I think there is a, a sense of anticipation. We know that days like this run incredibly well to time. There is uh, an order of proceedings and we will expect that to be adhered to. But lovely to see so many people, as I say, the flowers just lining the wall here with some very poignant messages on people taking the time to walk up and down and read those as they're waiting for the official proceedings to start but i wish i'd thought about bringing a picnic blanket yes i think a lot of people thought how many people will think it important to be here today some were a bit pessimistic not many people will turn up but there's a goodly crowd here in the sunshine watching the events that are going on and will unfold in the next hour or so here. They're on both sides of the processional way, on our side as well as the other side. Normally this side is marqueed up and uh, you can't get access here and it's the showground. But uh, today, on both sides, they'll be watching as the uh, participants move up the uh, processional way. Um, as I said, no... Uh, none of the, the reeds that are normally there on Timwell Day. Well, it's a bit difficult because it's the wrong time of year. Reeds grow at a certain time of year and uh, they're specially gathered in from a place, I believe, in Glen May and brought here. But today it's not Timwell Day, so we don't have the reeds. You will hear as the participants move up the processional way, the crunch on the gravel. And it's, it's, a, it's a lovely sound. 
The proclamation itself, obviously, will be given by the Lieutenant Governor, who will be on top of Tinwald Hill. Tinwald Hill is fully kitted out, if I can put it that way, as it would be for Tinwald Day, with the, uh, the various tiers, four tiers, uh, covered in the Millennium Chairs. The Millennium Chairs have the, the Viking emblem on them, uh, and were specially made for our Manx Millennium in 1979. Considering they're not, I would say, the most robust chairs that I've ever sat on, I, I sneak up there occasionally just see what it's like to be an MHK on MLC, um, they have held together very, very well, uh, and they're still there and are brought out every year, care, stored carefully away, of course, uh, and brought out every year for usually Tinwall Day, but this time. Obviously, it's two occasions, this proclamation. Um, the uh, two podii, is it, what's the, f- what's the plural of podiums? Podiums? Podii? Podii. The two podii. Should we call them podii? It sounds good. Uh, are there for the announcements to be made in English and Manx. The crowd are fairly quiet. They're not really doing a lot of talking. I think they're just waiting for things uh, to happen. Looking towards the chapel again. See if we can see what's going on in there. The two uh, police sergeants who will lead the procession. Uh, yeah, Sergeant O'Brien there, I see, on the the right. Uh, and uh, now is that uh, yes, another sergeant on the outside. They're on the entrance to the chapel. Uh, they're waiting for the procession to emerge from it. Now we've got a view of the uh, the robing room and the, uh, the the procession which we made. Ah, we can see the governor. The governor's car is arriving with the two police outriders. Uh, there's two vehicles and two motorcyclists who are arriving. We uh, they're quite aware away at the moment because we're, we're foreshortened on the television on the camera screen. But uh, they are just approaching. They're probably about a minute or so away from arriving here at St. John's, moving very slowly from the, the traffic lights down there um, at the crossroads at Ballacrane. Uh, moving towards us, the police, motorcyclists with their lights flashing, uh, the two vehicles behind. Uh, man 1 is the one up front. It's a very familiar registration plate, of course, which is adopted by the new governor when they arrive. And Sir John Lorimer will be in that with uh, Lady Philippa. And the ceremony itself, I think, can said to be starting because the key participant, the one who will read out the proclamation I have in front of me, is arriving. The parade on either side of the recessional, the processional way has come to attention as the governor arrives. Beth. Man one has just pulled up alongside the pavement. The door is being opened. And Sir John Lorimer, in full uniform, just stepping out of the car. As you say, John, there's something about the timing of this. It's absolutely impeccable. He's just putting his hat on, the feathers blowing gently in the breeze. He's greeted, shakes hands. And Lady Lorimer just walking up behind him. There is a real sense of reverence here today and lovely to see some students from Balcomene High School here for what is an historic occasion. The governor just walks through the lich gate, heading towards the robing room where all the officials gather before the start of the official proceedings. And the motorcycles just 
riding away now. What a thing to be part of. Man one with the flag flying will be taken to a suitable location around the corner. And quite a crowd just here by the Lich Gate, just watching what's going on. It's obviously very familiar to us in so many ways. We've seen this on Timwell Day countless times, but there's a different feel here today. So the governor just inside the roving room. We expect the procession from there into the Royal Chapel of St. John. Lots of people have brought their dogs down here today. Some very happy waggy tails, John. Can you identify the breed of dog, the make of dog? They don't have I could Manx, give it a guess. They don't have but, Manx uh, dogs without tails. I mean, there are dogs without tails, but they don't have Manx dogs. We have a Manx cat at home, which has made itself at home after we found it when it was very small and, and just about to fall off the hedge. Only a few weeks old, but uh, no, it's very much part of the family now. Manx dogs. I don't know if they do have Manx dogs. Just Manx cats, I think. The, the governor was greeted uh, by the president and uh, the speaker of the keys in their wonderful robes. Uh, the speakers, the president's robes, blue and silver, of course, were originally... Uh, a gift, I believe, from the House of Commons for the President of Timwell, the first President of Timwell, Sir Charles Carouche. Uh, I, I suppose occasionally they have to be altered slightly as the new incumbent might uh, require a slightly different size, but they greeted His Excellency as he arrived. I think the fact that His Excellency has been obviously taking Manx lessons has really endeared him to a lot of people, particularly those people who think, oh, it's just another governor who will basically do the handshaking and the nodding and the smiling but no, he's gone to a lot of trouble as we saw at Timbal Day uh, to learn uh, the Manx language, how to pronounce the Manx, Manx language for it is a, a formidably difficult Gallic language to actually get a grip on, we're not used to learning languages like that uh, and he has done very well, he will be speaking I believe a little bit of Manx uh, on the hill today, but uh, we must wait and see how much uh, of it. No, I don't think uh, as much Manx, perhaps, as he was speaking uh, on Timbal Day. Yes, the uh, man one has moved off. I saw a car the other day with a registration place Manx 107. I've, I've not seen a, a car with, with Manx on it, I must admit. Um, I did ring up, actually, the uh, registration people and say, is this going to be normal now? Is it, does this happen? And uh, I think they scratch their heads a bit, but uh, interesting. Very quiet out here at the moment. Uh, obviously, the people on either side of the processional way have been uh, brought to stand at ease, uh, so they can actually rest a bit. But they have to uh, stand in this position uh, while the church service is going on. The introduction to the church service, incidentally, will be from Peter Eagles, the bishop, and then various members of the clergy will uh, take it up as we move through the service. And then at the end of the service, uh, we are in proclamation business, if I can put it that way, for the uh, procession will be made to the hill and we will be hearing for the second time for His Excellency has already declared uh, at Government House, obviously, that uh, King Charles is our new monarch. The um, procession is now leaving the robing room as the uh, 
clerk of Timbal, Jonathan King, who's been very helpful to us. He's very good. He's not been in the job that long, but he's very good. You just ring him up and say, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? Why are they doing this? And if he doesn't know, for every new clerk has to check up on various things. He finds out for us and comes back to us. There's Alfred Cannon, the uh, chief minister in Top Hat, all the members in Top Hats. Jason Morehouse in his Top Hat. And the, the ladies of the Timbald Chamber, dressed down, obviously, uh, in Timbald, on Timbald Day, we're used to seeing them with the very bright, colourful hats on and uh, dresses, etc. But today, uh, because it is a blend of celebration and mourning, we're still in mourning for Her Majesty, then obviously everyone is dressed somberly, if I can put it that way. Bill Henderson is the first of the Legislative Council members to come out, followed by Marlene Masker and the other members as well, following in their top hats and morning suits to process into the chapel for this service, which is, uh, I said, we'll start with an introduction from the Lord Bishop of Soda and uh, man, Peter Eagles. And then... Into the service itself, uh, we'll have the chaplain of the House of Keys, Irene Cowell, leading the Psalms, and then the Bible reading, which His Excellency the Governor will be reading. And the reading comes from Matthew 5, 1, 10. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up onto the mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saving Let's go back to Beth now, find out where she is. Beth, hello. Well, I'm just watching the procession into the Royal Chapel of St. John. But, John, what I thought was interesting is that we know that some of the members of Timwall have either uh, come back from holiday early or actually delayed their holidays to be here today. Well, indeed, I, w- I was talking to Rob Callister, who was halfway through a cruise to the Baltic. Uh, and I was talking to him, and I said, oh, well, welcome back, Mr. Callister. He said somewhat ruefully, yes, but uh, it's important to be here. Uh, and he pointed out that he'd actually asked his wife, what do we do here? And she said, we go back. We go back to Timbald Hill to hear this proclamation. It's important. He's looking quite bronzed, incidentally, and he does enjoy, we understand, uh, these cruises, but uh, he had to break it off halfway through to come back uh, to be able to say, yes, I was at the proclamation at Timbald Hill when we heard our new king being installed. Uh, and one interesting per- person we're watching out for, and I haven't seen him as yet, is John Wannenberg. He was yeah. in America. He is back. I've just seen him. You've seen him. He's come back. Yes, well, he's come he back did. from America to be especially part of this, which is excellent. Because he's, he's a new MHK, obviously, only new this session. So he's made the effort to come back from America, and he will be in the procession and on the hill. More cameramen arriving. Don't identify that one over there. Uh, let's see. Looking down, there's a, the procession. The um, people on either side of the processional way are from about halfway along the processional way up near nearish to the hill, but the rest of it is uh, at the moment empty. Well, they're going to have to wait there, as I said, until this church service has been completed. His Excellency Sir John is now moving up the centre of the chapel. And he will take his place. He's, uh, Andrew Cunningham is ahead of him, holding the sword of state. And he's now approaching uh, the altar, where the bishop is waiting, with his crozier. Mr Cunningham turns. 
and His Excellency moves in front of the Sword of State and slowly, in slow time, to his position, a special little alcove for the governor. Closes the door behind him, small door. It's only up to his waist. Pauses. The Sword of State is brought towards him and then Andrew Cunningham turns to the small table in front of His Excellency and lays the Sword of State on its holders. He moves backwards, turns, and moves down the center of the church. As you can hear, the organist has picked up the pace a little bit. We're very shortly going to begin the church service. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. We heard there from the chaplain of the House of Keys. Now, St. Anne, the hymn, Our God in Help in Ages Past.
Isaac, what's stirring him? Now the bishop. In the name of Christ, who died and was raised to the glory of God the Father, grace, mercy and peace be with you. We meet today to remember before God our late Sovereign Lady Queen Elizabeth, Lord of Man, to proclaim our new King, Charles III, Lord of Man, and to pray that, together, we may be one in Christ, through whom we offer our prayers and praises to the Father. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Now the chaplain of the keys. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the sons of a king. Then shall judge your righteousness and your poor justice. May the mountains bring forth peace, and the little hills righteousness for the people. For he shall deliver the poor that cry out, the needy, and those who have no helper. He shall have pity on the weak and poor. He shall preserve the lives of the needy. He shall redeem their lives from oppression, and violence, and shall their blood be in his sight. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wonderful things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. May all the earth be filled with his glory. Amen. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Now the governor delivers the reading from Matthew. The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 10. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, 
for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Sir John Larimer, now Nigel Godfrey, the Dean of St German's Cathedral, will lead prayers. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hear, O Lord, the prayers of your people, as we remember before you our late Sovereign Lady Queen Elizabeth, and grant that we who confess your name on earth may with her be made perfect in the kingdom of your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now the Roman Catholic Dean, Monsignor Divine. Moves towards the podium. Almighty God, Father of all mercies and giver of all comfort, deal graciously, we pray, with all who mourn. The members of the royal family, this nation, and all the nations of the Commonwealth, that casting all our cares on you, we may know the consolation of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Chair of the Methodist District, Janet Cornett. Remember, O Lord, what thou hast wrought in us, and not what we deserve. And as thou hast called us to thy service, make us worthy of our calling. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Bishop Eagles now returns to the podium for the commendation. Merciful God, we commend to your most loving care our gracious Lady Queen Elizabeth, Lord of Man. Grant, Lord, that we may live in your fear, die in your favour, rest in your peace, rise in your power, and reign in your glory. 
for your own beloved Son's sake, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who hast now called thy servant, our Sovereign Lord, King Charles Philip Arthur George, to the throne of this realm, and to be Lord of man. Let thy wisdom be his guide, and let thine arm strengthen him. Let justice, truth, and holiness, let peace and love, and all those virtues that adorn the Christian profession, flourish in his days. Direct all his counsels and endeavours to thy glory, and the welfare of his people. And give us grace to obey him, cheerfully and willingly, for conscience' sake. Let him always possess the hearts of his people, that they may never be wanting in honour to his person, and dutiful submission to his authority. Let his reign be long and prosperous, and crown him with immortality in the life to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Banyacht ye olienyatl in eri marcus spirit no dirani master as te hanit meru eson dibrach. Amen. That's right. The parade has come to attention ahead of the Nash, the Royal Anthem. Includes the church service. Now, all those inside the chapel will move out of the chapel, outside into the bright sunshine. We'll greet them when they come out here and move along the processional way to Timwald Hill, where the proclamation will be made by the governor. Outside, the standard bearers and Officials outside waiting for the guests to emerge from the chapel were brought to attention for the national anthems and now are getting themselves prepared, making sure their standards are in the right order.
before the parade moved through them and on to the hill. Moving up and down with his swagger stick, I suppose you might call it, underneath his arm is Stephen Webster, who's the parade officer. He stops and has a quiet word with one of the standard bearers. The standard bearers and the others have been given water and in bottles to drink while they're waiting. Although it is not a very hot day, I think the temperature was something 11 degrees Celsius when I arrived this morning. It is difficult when you're not used to it, standing to attention in the sunshine and waiting, which is what these have been doing, waiting to emerge from the chapel, the dignitaries, the governor and the Tinwald members to hear this historic proclamation. The choir are coming out of the chapel now, moving into the sunshine, past the four sergeants, police sergeants, two of whom will lead the procession to the hill and two will lead it off the hill when the proclamation has been made. There's that delicious crunch on the gravel, the sound of shoes and boots as they move towards Timwald Hill. The cross held high by a leading member of the choir, glittering in the sunshine. The breeze, north-northwest, very gentle. The sun, shining in our eyes, it has to be said, something we're not used to on uh, Timwald Day because the sun is higher in the sky at that time of the year. But this is September, and this is unusual to say the least. Last happened 70 years ago. It's happening today. Everyone here and everyone listening to this at home, you are taking part in a bit of Manx history. The, uh, the march, I, I wouldn't describe it as brisk, but it's certainly not a slow march. So they're covering quite a bit of ground quite quickly. They're now opposite us. The guard formed of members of, amongst others, the uh, fire brigade, resplendent in their white helmets. Uh, obviously the police have white helmets during the season, uh, but the fire brigade have these ceremonial white helmets. And uh, in their uniforms, they look very smart indeed. With the uh, scarlet flash down the side of the dark blue uniforms and the white webbing. And uh, hanging behind is quite interesting is an axe, which is part of, I suppose, the farmer's uniform for cutting his way out of tricky situations and indeed rescuing people who might find themselves in tricky situations. The Commissioner's Chairman and various officials, all dressed down, not in the bright uniforms. For instance, uh, Janet Tomney, the Mayor of Douglas, not dressed in her scarlet robes. Obviously, today is a day of mourning as well as celebration. So everyone has dressed down to a degree. So we're seeing a great deal of black and grey and dark colours on this occasion. As you can tell by the pace, it's, it's 
It's quite a lively pace, if I put it that way. And now the leading members of the procession have reached the bottom of Timwood Hill of its four tiers and have moved to the right and to the left to take their seats. There's a familiar face, uh, David Crepney, uh, who is uh, obviously well used to coming up this way on Tinwell Day many times as an MHK. The captains of the parish are also part of this procession. was originally a captain of the uh, the towns as well, but uh, we have those no longer, but we do have captains of the various parishes who are, of course, elected uh, for life. You may have heard Donald Gelling, CBE, Santon Parish's captain, talking to me earlier this week about his thoughts on this occasion and the fact that he hoped that a lot of people would attend, for it was important, it was history in the making, and his wish has come true. There are a lot of people here, a lot of spectators watching this unfolding. The second uh, tranche of the procession is taking part in the chapel. Andrew Cunningham is now leading the governor from his seat. Andrew Cunningham bearing the sword of state. His Excellency turns towards the altar, bows, and then moves slowly down the aisle of the chapel. Russell Smith will be bearing the Manx flag, and he will be one of the last people in the procession. Governor moving very slowly down the centre of the chapel. One guard, Cody. You can hear the names of the processional people in the procession being called out to make sure they're in the right order when they emerge to the chapel. And now the sort of state emerges from the chapel. Parade is called to attention once again. The two sergeants, police sergeants, turn smartly towards the hill and move in front of the sword of state down the processional way. His Excellency puts his ceremonial hat on. It's uh, swan feathers, incidentally, the feathers in there. But he's in full ceremonial garb today. Ste- steps down from the chapel. Salutes as he moves past the Manx flag and the standards and moves down the processional way. He's moving in slow march, it has to be said. He's obviously a military man and is used to these occasions when slow march is employed. And he has, I think, fallen automatically into slow march. 
Members of the Legislative Council are now making their way towards the hill. There's a quiet, her reverence outside. The crowd are talking amongst themselves. They're just standing watching, some in shirt sleeves, some in jackets. Well, there's a little bit of nip in the air, being September. And looking across the processional way, I can see children have arrived as well. They're standing there, talking excitedly amongst themselves, probably very quietly under the guidance of their teachers. But they've been brought here uh, so that they ha can say in years to come, I was, to their children, their grandchildren, I was at Timwald Hill when the new king was officially named Lord of Man. I was part of history. Looking down towards the chapel, the Manx flag is now being borne out. The president, I can see in his robes, very easy to distinguish, blue and silver, striking robes, as I say, a present uh, from the House of Commons to the island uh, in, uh, when it uh, adopted uh, the presidential role for Sir Charles Carouche and has been used by presidents since then. Lawrence Skelly the president holder of the post, elected, of course, by members of Timwald. His Excellency moving slowly down about the centre of the processional way, salutes as he moves. Behind him, he has his cadet, as, uh, as is traditional. And that's Cadet Sergeant Winona Reese Dalek-Duggan. And she's following behind him. The two sergeants, police sergeants, leading this final part of the procession are now opposite us. to talk uh, any uh, loud at all because everyone has gone very quiet it's exceptionally quiet that's why the only sound you can hear so Sir John salutes again the only sound you can hear is that of the footsteps on the gravel the uh, Manx standard is directly opposite us now behind it is Lawrence Skelly the president one of the Timberland passengers, the bishop and his crozier, not wearing a mitre. And then we have the Deemsters, Her Majesty's, well, would have been Her Majesty's Deemsters now, His Majesty's Deemsters. First Deemster, second Deemster, third Deemster, Deemster of Appeal. Walter Wannenberg, the brother of John Wannenberg, who, as we've heard, has come back from America, MHK to take part in this ceremony. It's a long way to come. Paul Crane, there, member of the Legislative Council. Bill Henderson, who is regarded as the father of Timwald now. He's been there for a considerable time. Standards are ordered as they pass by. That means brought down and 
held by the standard bearers to their sides as opposed to being stood up to attention. Now we have members of the House of Keys. That's Claire Christian. And there's Daphne Kane, all dressed down, obviously, in dark clothes, black clothes, black or grey. There's John Wannenberg, back from America for this. Stuart Peters, formerly a broadcaster, now an MHK. Claire Barber. All the gentlemen wearing top hats. Jason Warhouse, probably the tallest of them. The origin of the word keys is lost in antiquity. And behind them, a few paces behind, is Alfred Cannon, Chief Minister, who I think almost exactly has been in office for a year now. It was the 23rd of September when they held the general election. Uh, he was elected shortly afterwards, but he has been, in effect, his government has been with us for approaching a year, very close to a year. Joan Watterson, the Speaker of the Keys behind him, black and gold robes, a long wig, the clerk of Timwalt, Jonathan King, Irene Cowell, the chaplain to the Keys, the Chief Constable there as well, Gary Roberts. Now this is his, it's his last official function we believe, but then the new Chief Constable hasn't yet been appointed. So we must wait and see whether, in fact, the Chief Constable will have his tenure extended uh, because of circumstance. We must wait and see. But uh, this is his scheduled last official appearance, so we put it that way. Yeah, there are the captains of the parish moving in front of me. There is Donald Galling, I see, in front of me. And the various other captains of the parish who will be taking their place on and around this hill. Again, it's got very quiet. Members of the clergy now in front of us. There is the Monsignor uh, John Devine, who uh, took part in the service, of course, and other members of the clergy who took part in this service. Other members of the Manx religious family who may not have taken part in the service but were there at the ceremony acknowledging as taking part in this ceremony uh, their allegiance to the new Lord of Man King Charles member of the Salvation Army an officer in the Salvation Army and right at the back of the procession, two of the police sergeants, whose job it is to bring up the rear. I think it's Sergeant Gorry I can spot there, Sergeant Reed. They are the two officers bringing up the tail of the procession. The coroners, three coroners. One of the coroners is absent uh, today, I believe, away off the island. So three coroners, uh, usually four. And Kelly Sloan, who is the only lady coroner. I think she's the first lady coroner in history. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I believe that's so. Uh, so three coroners, not four today. The two sergeants at the tail end of the procession. Turning my attention now towards the hill, 
the captains of the parish are now taking their places on the first of the tiers on the chairs already seated is his excellency and members of timwald and various other dignitaries I said earlier that um, the mayor of Douglas would probably not be wearing scarlet, uh, her scarlet robes. She is actually wearing her scarlet robes. Uh, one or two of the clergy, obviously, have uh, brightly coloured scarlet uh, robes as well. But uh, that's the only colour of the people up there. The rest, or most people, are dressed down because of the uh, mourning aspect, obviously. British are still in mourning. Her Majesty State Funeral due to be held on Monday, of course. Full coverage on Manx Radio. The clergy moving to the right to take their seats. And they will be the last tranche to actually take their positions on the hill before we move into the next part of this ceremony, which obviously its high point is the proclamation of the Lord of Man. First we hear of the fencing of the court. Learned First Deemster, Direct the court to be fenced. Deems to call it. Coroner of Russian Sheeding and in Lider, fence the court. Mr. Wrigley. I do fence this court of Timwald in the name of a most gracious sovereign, the king. I charge no person to quarrel, brawl, or make any disturbance and that all persons do answer names when called. I charge this audience to witness this court is fenced. I charge this audience to witness this court is fenced. I charge the whole audience to bear witness this court is now fenced. Now in Lida means the reader. Tommy Coran Whale Shaw Fohera, Unsenum Charn Vanning. Nachjin Pecher B, Troja, Bagert, and the General Boranus the B. As the gin the holy fech freger trevise er name. Tamikora cortus serenain is shaw the velen whale shaw for hera. Tamikora cortus serenain is shaw the velen whale shaw for hera. Tamikora cortus seren cleden nain is shaw the velen whale shaw nischach for hera. Bob Carswell, who did that entirely from memory. His Excellency gets to his feet. Whereas it hath pleased Almighty God to call to his mercy our late Sovereign Lady, Queen Elizabeth II, of blessed 
and glorious memory, by whose decease the crown of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland is solely and rightfully come to the Prince Charles Philip Arthur George. We, therefore, the Lieutenant Governor, the Deemsters, and the Council and Keys, in the presence of other office holders, do now hereby, with one voice and consent of tongue and heart, publish and proclaim that the Prince Charles Philip Arthur George is now, by the death of our late Sovereign of happy memory, become our only lawful and rightful liege Lord Charles III. By the grace of God, of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and of his other realms and territories. King, Lord of Man, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith, to whom we do acknowledge all faith and obedience, with humble affection, beseeching God, by whom kings and queens do reign, to bless his majesty with long and happy years to reign over us. Given at St John's Isle of Man, this 16th day of September, in the year of our Lord, 2022. God save the King, Lord of Man. Now some audience participation. Rainia as Ran Sir Vanen, Unsul Chen Huel Yao, Ernen Jaglum Kujak, Tamigemach Eru, Malkaura and Lealtas Yao, Vahavo as Tree Amen Molly Ekur, Sona Ud Wurzler, Smu, Graysul Ekri, Chan Vanen. Free men and women of man. In your ancient, ancient Parliament assembled, I call on you, as an expression of your loyalty, to stand and give three cheers for His Most Gracious Majesty the King, Lord of Man. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. Lord of Man. Hip hip. Hip hip. Hip hip. His Excellency had pushed his hat into the air three times to signal those three cheers.
I bet you're thinking, what's happening next? Well, about to find out. Non earn wishless. Your Excellency, there will now be a sitting of Timbal Court in the Royal Chapel of St. John, at which the legislator will record its loyalty and condolence. I invite you, the learned deemsters, the captains of the parishes, and others here assembled to be present at that sitting. Thank you, Mr. President. We are pleased to accept your invitation. So that is the proclamation now, the unwinding of those on the hill. And on Manx Radio, we can actually give you uh, an exclusive. For the Bard of the Island, Michael Manning, has penned a few lines to commemorate this occasion and to mourn the passing of Her Majesty. The Sword of State. Sword bearer moving. His Excellency, the, the Lieutenant Governor. His Excellency's Cadet. Cadet uniform the Manx flag. moving carefully down the, President the ancient of steps of Timwald Hill. Lawrence Kelly rises to his feet, moves forward, and again takes that journey down the steps, moving out into the bright sunshine. Blink slightly, I fancy. One guard, Cody. One of the officials of Timwald now. Guard Cody. The clerk of the Legislative Council. From the shade of the canopy in to the bright sunshine. The first deemster and clerk of the rolls. Deemster call it. The second deemster. The judge of appeal. And as the dignitaries move off the hill, members of the Manx media now moving forward purposefully. The Deemster. Down beside the processional way to do their business at the other end, to talk to various people. One messenger of the Legislative and Council. To take note of the meeting inside the, the chapel in which Tim will work, amongst other things. The Speaker of the House of Will be sending a, a resolution, a motion. The Chief sending Minister. Sending their commiserations for the death of Her Majesty, but also... The congratulations to the new members of the House King, of Keys, King Charles, Lord of Mr. Man. Glover, Dr. Allenson. Now, Alfred Cannon moves down the steps, followed by other members of the Keys. Mr. Morehouse, Mr. Hooper. You can hear the money announced. Mr. Thomas, Miss Edge. All the members managed to get back to the island in time for this. Mrs. Corlett, even though Mrs. one or two, Callister. as we said, were on the other side of the world. Mrs. Barber, 
Mr. Peters. I don't know if we have a three-line party whip in the island, but uh, it certainly... I don't think it even needed to be cracked in the air to get all the members to decide this was the place they had to be on this day. Miss Farragher, Mrs. Poole Wilson. Which demonstrates how important they feel this occasion is. Mr. Wannenberg, Mr. Krukol. Alfred Cannon, formerly in the military, of course, so he's well used to these sort of occasions. Mr. Ashford, Miss Lord Brennan. There is a bit of a breeze, picking up slightly, but nothing uh, to disturb the, the top hats on the members' heads. Mrs. Christian, Mr. Smith. All the time, the crowd, and it's a substantial crowd here, watching in silence with great interest as to what's unfolding in front of them. Uh, we're in shade at the moment, sunshine on the hills, but uh, we have been in, in sunshine, bright sunshine for much of this occasion. John Warnerberg, MHK, any sign of jet lag there? Nope, he seems to be moving quite spryly. Mrs. Maltby, Mrs. Crane. Mr. Johnston, uh, David Dr. Ashford, Haywood. wearing his MB. One messenger of the House of Keys. The Lord Bishop. His Majesty's Solicitor General. And as the members leave the hill, let me give you this offering from the Bard, Michael Manning, the of the who has written especially for this occasion. Mr. On the wind, Mr. across Mr. the waves, wandering, the word came. In the quiet, an age Mr. had Mr. ended. Kindness and soft silence. We are the ones who remain. We used to send our sovereigns off in ships, then gathered to a hill to tend the fire. In the dark deep, there is more than golden rubies, earnest pomp, a mother's dignity, love's fidelity, bearing of the burdens that were brought. How is it that there is no way to freedom but to cast off, cast away, to be cast adrift? Beyond our harboured horizons lies an invitation to the promised paean. Where is our stay of courage? Even in grief, we can have gratitude. Out upon the salt waves, wild water, willing wind and wander, away from queens and kings and all the loosening landward things to learn new songs, a different rain, a reckless hope. Oh, there is a vaster sky. Go gentle, gentle, gentle. That from Michael Manning, the Bard, written especially for this occasion. Chief Constable, who is in front of me, as I said, his last scheduled appearance, but as we don't uh, yet have a new Chief Constable, his tenure may be extended. We have to wait and see. That's Bob Carswell, 
Hilarda, who's uh, the reader, who's uh, done such a great job of reading out in the Manx, but he's got a bit of a challenger, hasn't he, in the governor, uh, whose command of Manx is impressive after such a short time. I presume he's given lessons tutored up there in Government House, there at Bemahague House. Certainly it does take a bit of time before you can acquire a fluency in this our native tongue. The captains of the parish now moving in front of us towards the chapel. The interim chief registrar. Captains of the parish obviously were there to uh, raise the militia when necessary in years gone past. They're no longer, well, (laughs) we hope they're no longer required to do that. And they're now moving in front of us. Dignified and respected members of their communities. Dorothy Sale of Andrus, uh, Raymond Gorn of Arbury, is Edgar Cowan of uh, Balaf, on well in farming circles, Phil Cayley, Braddon, Willip Christian of Bride, Alan Corlett of German, John Quayle of Jerby, Dennis Duggan of Zazaire, Es Lonnan and Stephen Carter, who owns the largest fleet in Manx Waters in the Laxey Towing Company. Six vessels he has. He used to have seven, of course, and then the... Uh, is it still in the harbour? I forget whether it is or not. It's the, uh, the, the, the steamship he had. No, it's still in the harbour, although he doesn't own it anymore. The Roman Catholic Roy the Carina. Thank you very much, Alex. Roy Gelling, Malou, Charles Farger, MBE, Moran, Claire Christian of Mackerel Parish, well known in political circles in the time gone past. John Cannell, Michael, Peter Kelly, MBE, this distinguished beard, Honkin District. Broadcaster on Manx Radio, of course, Kelly's Eye, well known for years. Patricia Costain, JP, Patrick, Stanley Klukas, Russian. And there's a familiar sight, Donald Gelling, CVE, Santon Parish. Came into politics in 1961 as a commissioner, eventually left politics in 2007 from the Legislative Council. All that time he'd been serving his community and serving politics on the island and now as captain of the parish he's continuing to serve his parish i talked to him about service in reference to the queen and of course he is a case in point of someone who gives selflessly of their time to help the people in their community the people they know and have known for so long and it gives a center point to a community a captain of the parish someone who's been there seen everything in the parish and people can go to them talk to them about various things and get their advice and ask if they remember certain things what was done then salvation army officer moves in front of me and the three coroners move in front of me and the two sergeants police sergeants in full uniform with their decorations and white helmets white helmets which were so nearly done away with years ago uh, one of our chief constables reckoned that they were an anachronism and we should do away with them uh, it went before Timor, they had a debate and decided they should keep them but during the season I think you find our policemen wear their white helmets during the season it's seen as a, a useful publicity for the island come to the Isle of Man where we do things differently including what we give our policemen to wear on their heads and has to be said, you can spot a policeman quite a long distance away by his white helmet. All the uh, police officers here with their white helmets on. The fire brigade obviously have white helmets on as well. 
these links between the Lord of Man and Tim Wald are very clear when Tim Wald meets here at St. Yeah, various guests, various members, various dignitaries, various people who serve the community in one regard or another, one respect or another. Now moving in front of us towards the chapel, that's uh, the former governor there. It's Lawrence New, I see, moving in front of us with his roller hat on, bearded. <laughs> One or two of them waving to the crowd, and the crowd is still here. They're not going anywhere at the moment. I suspect they may start dispersing when the members move into the chapel to conduct their business. David Cratney there. Looking round. And various the members of this procession very nearly finished moving in front of us towards the chapel. The hill is now deserted. The four tiers, the chairs, the canopy, the flag, flying not at half-mask, for this is a proclamation and it is traditional that the flag flies fully up the mast on this occasion. A north-northwesterly breeze with the white clouds scudding behind it. The standard bearers, as they have been throughout this ceremony, uh, from the arrival of the governor, been standing on either side of the processional way. And they will wait until the procession has unwound. And there's a familiar face, says Alan Bell, former chief minister, as part of the procession. He's done this a few times, moved down this processional way with an audience in the quiet, taking it in, thinking about things, or making them almost a, um, a photographic memory in their minds that they will recall in years to come. When someone says, do you remember the king when he came? Yes, they can say, I was there, I was... When it was proclaimed from the top of Timbald Hill on a beautiful sunny day in St. John's at the Omphalos, the naval, the centre of the island, that we had a new lord of man and a king, King Charles III. There were rumours, of course, that King Charles years ago favoured taking the name of George, one of his four names, because he showed great admiration for George III, who incidentally was the king who agreed with Parliament that he should hand over certain properties, certain rights of the monarchy in exchange for what we would term these days the civil list, a payment each year. He was the one that started that process going. King Charles, as we must now term him, and uh, I think people are getting the hang of it after the, the anthems that we've sung today. King Charles, a great admirer of George III and the things that he did, the social changes he brought about. People beginning to drift away now as the last, as I predicted, of the procession moves by towards the chapel. Looking into the chapel, the members are taking their seats, the guests, the officials. And there's two bits of business. There's the proclamation to be signed, and it will be signed by the governor. Sir John Lorimer, by the first deemster, master of the rules, by the second deemster, by the third deemster, and by the judge of appeal. 
Then a resolution will be laid by the Chief Minister showing and citing commiseration for the loss of Her Majesty of late and happy memory and congratulations to the new king for his accession to the throne. Might just be able to hear behind me the chatter inside the chapel as they wait for the last of the guests to arrive and for this last part of this unusual well we only have it we only had it 70 years this unusual ceremony to take place the last uh, in the procession of the two sergeants the police sergeants procession the last members move into the chapel some are going up to the gallery upstairs as the rest of the chapel is packed it has to be said Can you hear behind me the order for the parade to fall out? Yes, they've been given permission to leave their posts, which they've done very well indeed. Stood at attention and at ease and have done their duty well and now are leaving. They can uh, think about, uh, I suppose, about lunch now. Have a chat amongst themselves about various things. Put those uniforms away for another occasion put the standards away for another occasion. Yes, there's a, a general feeling of unwinding going on out here of everybody moving off, having seen the ceremony, having heard the governor not only proclaim the new king, but also call upon the audience to give three cheers, which they did most heartily. There's the standard, the UK standard, the British standard in front of us, the Union flag always an argument about whether it should be called Union Jack but uh, that's usually at the end of a, the stern of a ship is where the jack pole is uh, although we generally do call it the Union Jack by, by habit um, although some pedants would uh, argue otherwise uh, there's one <laughs> so looking at me now here we go for the business inside the chapel Kelly now takes his position. Union honour all. Honourable members, I have invited His Excellency Left Lieutenant Governor, His Honour the Deputy Governor, the First Deemster and the Clerk of Rolls, His Honour the Second Deemster, the Judge of Appeal, His Honour the Deemster to be present to witness this sitting of Timwell Court and I call on the Clerk of Timwell to escort them to their places.
And this is preparation for the signing of the proclamation. Moving away from the robing room now. And now they're being followed by the sword of state and his excellency, Sir John Lorimer. Moving forward with his cadets behind him. Moving forward, uh, the moving towards the end, the, the conclusion of this, but something that has to be done, the proclamation has to be signed by the officials I mentioned, including the lieutenant governor and deemsters, three deemsters and a judge of appeal. His Excellency now moving from the rope room very slowly, it has to be said, moving very stealthily towards the chapel of St. John, bathed in bright, bright sunshine, with fluffy white cards behind it. Andrew Cunningham, the sword bearer, now moving into the chapel of St. John's between the four police sergeants who salute smartly as His Excellency passes between them. Into the chapel comes the Sword of State, carried up the centre of the aisle. Mr Cunningham just glances towards His Excellency to make sure all is prepared before moving up the aisle. His Excellency and the cadet behind His Excellency. His Excellency, of course, in, in ceremonial regalia uh, with his medals, and he's removed his uh, ceremonial hat with the swan's feathers for this part of the ceremony. Into the dark of the chapel out after the, the bright sunshine outside, uh, Sir John moves towards the speaker of the keys and turns. If someone would like to let a pin drop, I think we could probably hear it. Sir John standing in front of the altar. I call upon the Arch of Ashok, Chief Minister, to move the resolution of loyalty and condolence. The document I Mr. Told President, you I beg to move that the following address be presented to His Majesty. To the King's Most Excellent Majesty, may it please Your Majesty, we, Your Majesty's most dutiful and loyal subjects, the President and members of the Council and Keys of the Isle of Man in Timwald assembled, respectfully request Your Majesty to accept this expression of our heartfelt sympathy in the irreparable loss you have suffered by the death of your beloved mother, our late most gracious Queen, Lord of Man. Throughout her reign, she laboured ceaselessly in the service of her country and Commonwealth and set an unforgettable example of leadership, fortitude and the Christian way of life. It is with feelings of pride and gratitude that the people of this island remember 
that our late most gracious Queen visited many times and made herself personally known to her loyal subjects in the Isle of Man. She did them the honour of twice presiding at the ancient court on Tinwald Hill, most memorably at our millennium in 1979. Whilst mourning the loss of our late beloved Sovereign, we entreat Your Majesty graciously to accept our warmest greetings on your accession to the throne and our assurance of the loyalty and devotion of the people of the ancient Kingdom of Man to your throne and person. It is our hope and belief that Your Majesty's reign will continue the noble history of the kings and lords of man and bring continued prosperity and blessing to the Isle of Man and the Commonwealth. In this conviction, we have this day offered prayers for Your Majesty's highest welfare. May every blessing attend Your Majesty. I beg to move. Ekaterin, I beg to second. There will be no debate. The motion as printed on the order paper before you. Is it agreed? Agreed. Agreed. I now invite members to sign the proclamation and the resolutions. Please be seated. That was the voice, uh, as you guessed it, and it was introduced uh, of the Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon. And his motion, uh, obviously, respect to the past Queen and respect to the incoming incumbent of the throne and Lord of Man. The messengers now take the document to be signed by the members of Timor. While the remainder of the congregation sit quietly and watch proceedings with interest, Mr. Gareth Moore, I think, I'm trying to identify the organist playing. There's two organists, but I think that's Gareth Moore who's actually playing at this moment. Outside, the majority of the crowd have now left. The ones that are still here are chatting amongst themselves, perhaps seeing people they haven't seen for some time. One or two of the standard bearers are still on the processional way talking about this and that, of cabbages and kings, perhaps. Probably, probably kings, I think, more than cabbages. <laughs> Towards the hill, the officials and dignitaries have left, and now the officers will have the job of putting those chairs away, presumably until next Timbal date, July the 5th, or when it will fall next year. Putting them safely in storage and safekeeping until that time. As I say, they're quite ancient themselves, those chairs. Now, 1979, they were constructed for the millennium. And they're still held together. I think one or two are little, looking a little worn. The hill, of course, is a day... If it's raining, and today, if it had rained, the archer, it would have been appropriate. Tears from heaven on this occasion. But if it does rain, the, the rain tends to come down that canopy and land on the members who are sitting just below it. Um, and also the seats can be very wet when they arrive but today no question of rain no question of showers it was a delightful day 
beautiful sunny day, northerly breeze, slight northerly breeze, not much to talk about. As I'm speaking out here, the, the members continue to sign the resolution that was given to us by the Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon. I think that process is coming to a conclusion. Nope, there's a, another member finding it there. There's a gathering of people over there by the Lich Gate, waiting for the members to come out and waiting for the guests to come out and the, His Excellency to come out as well, including um, a couple who are waiting to see His Excellency. They are part of the Railway Society on the island. Uh, and His Excellency was very good to the Society early this year. They wanted to give him a letter and uh, a couple of things saying thank you. So they will wait till His Excellency comes out and see if he has, uh, is able to, has the time to actually go over and chat to them and find out what that letter says. It's a letter of gratitude for what he's been able to do for them. A lot of railway buffs on the island, of course. One or two of them spend most of their lives, it seems, admiring the rails. I suppose you could say it's a, an esteemed position to be a, a railway buff, but uh, then again, you might not. I think if the late Roger Watson was here, he'd suggest he could play his ukulele until the members had finished signing the document. It is a process that... Uh, has to be done in a dignified manner and uh, that manner is continuing have you got a have you got a pen no i brought mine with me Where, oh can i use this one that sort of thing going on It's good to, in the busy rush of the day, to take a moment just to look around yourself. It's been all action up to now. Now we're sort of taking a breather until this signing has taken place. So looking around ourselves at this and that, what's going on. Up at the green flanks of Sluwallium. The rumour was, of course, they used to bounce witches down in barrels. Those days it didn't have trees on it. It's only when the Forestry Commission started planting lots of trees that it got to be treed. So it would have been possible, if you really wanted to, to bounce someone down in a barrel. Um, but it was apparently apocryphal. Uh, it was a legend. I don't think anyone ever did get bounced down in a barrel. Is the process continuing? I think it's drawing to a close. I'm afraid at this point there's not much more I can tell you apart from the fact the members are signing the resolution. There you go. I think is that is that is that being completed and brought back. I'm watching a, a monitor at the moment, which shows me what's going on inside the chapel. 
clerk of the Legislative Council at the moment in charge of the signings. signing going on as uh, John Wannenberg's eyeing it now leans forward right handed I think that's Mrs Kane I'm looking at the back of her head so I'm having to judge it possibly Claire Christian now Tim Glover signs it. Very recognisable head. Seen the back of that head some quite often during his years in broadcasting with me. Members of Council, Lorder, and members of the House of Keys, that concludes the business of this court. Timwell Court will stand adjourned to Thursday, the 22nd of September at 2 pm in Douglas. I now call upon honourable members to stand for the departure of His Excellency, Lieutenant Governor, and the Judicial Party. the voice of Lord Skelly there. 22nd of September. Interestingly, of course, the election was held on the 23rd of September last year, so it's, that meeting will be held virtually to the day, a year after the general election last year. Gosh, it seems like a long time ago now, the general election. Uh, in, I think uh, the ministers, etc., it'll probably seem like a long time as well, the ones that have uh, been battling with the problems that have been faced by the island and will be faced in the near future. His Excellency turns towards the President, bows and then moves down the chapel, followed by his RAF cadet officer. Motionless stand the congregation as the Sword of State eh, moves between them and the Governor moves after the Sword of State take his exit from the chapel. I don't know what else the Governor will be doing today, whether he has any other functions to do with this proclamation. Possibly. I think most people like to find something for the Governor to do at every moment of the day, if they can. <laughs> and he, at the moment, he's been most impressive. 
uh, in a number of ways. I think people have been very impressed by his uh, performance to date. Now prepares to move out of the chapel, not from the main doors towards us, but to the side door. Now the sword of state comes out, moving towards the roving room. The governor comes out, salutes. And waiting for them is Beth Espy. Beth, hello. It seems ages since we talked to you. It really does, doesn't it? But what a wonderful occasion that was. And when we were on the hill and watching the proceedings there and the singing of the royal anthem and the national anthem, the sun just came out from behind the clouds and it was quite something to be seen. But the governor now just walking back down towards the robing room. Quite a crowd gathered all taking photographs, being part of this historic occasion. The Deemsters, just walking behind Lieutenant Governor's cadet, who's extremely precise in the way that she's marching, all perfectly in step with each other. Standard bearer, member of the Civil Defence. Not an easy job holding that for such a long time, but he's done it magnificently the president in his blue and silver robes now just walking back down towards the robing room and the members of the legislative council are now making their way out of the side door of the royal chapel of St John So it has been a solemn feel to what is a historic and happy occasion, the proclamation of King Charles III as the Lord of Man. Clark of Timor, Jonathan King now just uh, walking out. I see one or two of the members of the Keys standing to the side of the chapel. I don't suppose, are they going to have one of these photographs to commemorate the day? I'm not sure if that's been organised. Could well be. No one's asked me to take it, at least. So, there's uh... <laughs> uh, Jeff Monaberg leaving the chapel, and there's other members. They are all lining the way, actually. So it may be that we are expecting some form of photograph or something official. Do you want to volunteer to take it? <laughs> Have you seen my photography, John? <laughs> they go to the robing rooms. The, the, the song, A Robin, A Robin, Since Robin's Been My Ruin, came, came to my mind, but I don't think it's appropriate. No, I think uh, the robing room is for robes. I just did a, an interesting interview, which we'll hear on Manx Radio a little bit later, with a lady called Ella Slack. And she's 80 now, but she used to work for the BBC in London, and she lives in Ramsey. She used to stand in for the Queen at rehearsals. Um, so some lovely memories from her. And it's been a very poignant week. She did it over 50 times. She was never paid for it. She said it was an absolute privilege to do something so important. Um, but, yeah, some what, what, wonderful was memories. Was she dressed as the Queen? I mean, did she have to assume she, she did, the attire? Yeah, she did um, sort of dress suitably. Um, she wasn't given a wardrobe fee, unfortunately. But um, she said this past week's been very strange. Obviously, she's known it was going to happen at some point. It's a sort of state. It's just coming out of the robing room with the lieutenant governor just behind now. My wardrobing fee is gone. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, missing. Ah, I see the governor's vehicles have turned up. The two police outriders 
and the governor's car man one. So the governor now just walking underneath the lich gate. Man one pulls up. Chief constable just behind the governor there salutes. And I think the fact that the governor spoke some Manx on the hill will speak to a lot of people. I know a lot of people found that quite emotional. He really has taken to the task, hasn't he? I mean, he's the first governor to speak Manx on the hill, I think. And he may have set a precedent, we don't know. Governors to come may well have to learn the Manx Gaelic. This cadet has just shut the door of the car, salutes... And man one sets off. The crowd watching. And there they go, off down towards Ballacrane, saluted by police officers on the way. And that's it. That is the ceremony, the proclamation of King Charles. Uh, no, we can go back. Beth, Beth, you have something for us. I certainly do. I'm just with the Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon. Um, what was it like being part of that today? Well, certainly it was an historic sitting of Timwald. Um, and I thought it was undertaken appropriately, the right tone of solemnity, but also acknowledgement, obviously, now that we have a new king. And in terms of the significance for the Isle of Man, I mean, you can tell by the, the people who've turned out to be here to watch this today, it really does mean something. I think so. I mean, Her Majesty, 70 years on the throne, uh, impacted on so many people and so many lives in so many different ways, but above all was an absolute example of fortitude, of selfless service to the country. And I think that really is a major part of... Uh, the acknowledgement today, but also, as I said, the acknowledgement now that we have a new king and our, our tribute to him and, and warmest wishes, which was part of my speech in, uh, in the, in the uh, church this morning. And just finally, do you have any more official duties with regard to this now? I think that's, uh, that's it. There is, a, there is a service, a memorial service on Sunday, and then, uh, like everybody else, I will be uh, at home watching the uh, funeral on Monday and then back to work. Chief Minister, thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks, Beth. So I think there is going to be an official photograph now. Um, Paul Moulton is one of those who's clearly volunteered to take a, a quick snap. But, John, the crowd just dispersing away on what has been a lovely occasion. A memorable day, Beth. Thanks indeed for your thoughts, your observations as ever. Uh, looking out, a beautiful day for this. Uh, the, the sky is what I would describe as a Simpsons sky, the beginning of the Simpsons. They have skies like this, fluffy clouds, blue sky, very nice. And it's been like this whole morning. A wonderful morning, a wonderful memory for everyone who was here and took part and those who just witnessed it. Lovely to have been here. I hope you enjoyed our coverage, but let me now hand you back to Broadcasting House on Douglas Head.